Okay, let's start this year's Parshas Va'era, Tafshin Ayin Hey, as we get into the uh, Makos and we get into the story of Moshe and Paro and other uh, issues that we started to discuss last week as we started uh, Sefer Shmos. So we start off with a thought that we actually touched on last summer, but it has to do with two different Parshios. So we discussed it in Parshas Chukas, uh, and we discuss it now again, the same thought of the Chavetz Chaim. But just to mention it again here, if you look, a little small thought to start with, in Paraches, and then we'll come back to the beginning of the Parsha, in Paraches, Pasig Zayin, in the Maka uh, of Tzvardeya, the Maka of the Frogs, by Chamishi, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Lomachar, the frogs will be removed. Moshe screamed, and all the frogs disappeared. Rashi and Chazal quote uh, that here, looking at source number one, the Chavetz Chaim, Kan Moshe Rabbeinu here, Moshe Rabbeinu screamed and got rid of Tzvardeya. The frogs were removed. And yet in Parshas Chukas, when there was a plague encompassing all of Klal Yisrael, by, and that, what happened there? Moshe's tefillah wasn't enough. No, you have to build a copper snake, and everybody <coughs> looks at the snake, and they're healed. Ask the Chavetz Chaim, what's the difference? Why was the plague here in Svardaya? Moshe does it, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings the plague, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu allows Moshe Rabbeinu's tefillah to be answered, and the frogs are removed right away. Masha Enkain, there, the plague, obviously from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, requires more than just tefillah, as if it's harder to, to, uh, to get rid of. Says the Chafetz Chaim, well, which chait was being violated there? And which chait was being violated here? Here, it was obviously the Mitzrayim. In general, everything they've done, part of the process of having them recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But what was the ruchet of Am Yisrael there? Washin Hara. They went and they complained against Moshe Rabbeinu. Says the for everything, there is a there is a healing, there is a medicine, except for lashon hara. The makatrig, the prosecuting forces that are created through lashon hara, it's so hard to remove. It stands up and prosecutes. Like the lashon hara itself is so hard to take back. The mashal the chavas chaim gives. You know, he opens up a pillow. Somebody comes to him and says, how do I take back my Lashonara? He goes and opens up a pillow and all the feathers fly off. And he says, go gather me the feathers. It's impossible. He says the same thing. Moshe Rabinu's tefillah does not help by itself until he d- brings the Nechash Hanachoshes that Am Yisrael that Am Yisrael look at. So that's the Chavetz Chaim getting us rolling. That the unique Avera, not in a positive way, but the unique Avera of Lashon Hara is the difference between Svardeya Moshe's tefillah being accepted and later on there in uh, Sefer Bamidbar. Okay, now let's go back to the beginning of the parsha and. Discuss Rashi at the beginning of the parsha. Vaydaber Elokim al Moshe, vayomre lavani Hashem. Hashem says to Moshe, vayomre lavani Hashem, vayera el Avram, el Yitzchak, vayel Yaakov ekel Shakai. Ushmi Hashem lo nodati lohem. I appeared to the Avos with the name of Shakai. Ushmi Hashem yudke vavke lo nodati lohem. So. Let's focus on the Rashi as we have done in, in past years. Va'era, says the Rashi. What we're going to focus on is the difference between Moshe Rabbeinu and the Avos. Says Rashi. Rav Schwab quotes it. Rashi on Pusik Tess. A couple of Sukkim from now. Uh, Kodesh Baruch Hu says... 
Rabosenu darshu le'inyet shalmala she'amar Moshe la mahari osa. The beginning of this parsha is connected to the end of parshas va'era. Moshe Rabbeinu is complaining. Why has it gotten worse? Amar lo akadosh baruch hu chaval al da'avdin v'lo mishtachin. Woe to us for those who are lost, meaning the avos v'lo mishtachin, but they're not forgotten. Says, I, I wish the Avos were here. Many times I revealed myself to them with Kel Shakai. That's the beginning of the parsha. And and they never asked me, what's your name? And you're asking me, what's the name? What's what's your what's What's his, uh, what's his name? Capital H. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as if, is complaining and mitlonen and is, and is expressing that, ah, oh, I wish the Avos was still around. Moshe, you're not like the Avos. The question is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu obviously is rebuking Moshe Rabbeinu and is upset at Moshe Rabbeinu, as we learned at the end of last week's Parsha. Yet what exactly is the is the comparison or the contrast between Moshe Rabbeinu and the, and the Avos, number one. And number two, what about the specific names of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that are used? The emphasis is Kel Shakai. The name used with the Avos is that name. While by Moshe Rabbeinu, Ushmi Hashem, Yudkei Vavkei Lonodati Lohem. Says Rav Schwab. Let's analyze what Shakai is all about. And then he's going to give us an amazing mashal to understand what it means to have a moon. Says Rav Schwab, source number two. He named Avur B'divrei Chazal, Shashem Shakai Milashon Dai. We mentioned, the Gemara Chagiga tells us, Shakai, Shem Hashem, is Sha'amar Lo'olam Dai. Hashem says, it's enough. The world, what I've done is enough. Sha'amar Lo'olam Dai. He says, this is the borders of the world. This is Dai, this is enough. Dayola Olami Shani Eloka, Dayola Olami Shani Patrono. The Avshiyesh possess Sodos Rabbi Beniskavim, even though, says Rav Schwab, there are many secrets and uh, understandings that are beyond us from this Shem Hashem, Mikomakom, maybe there's a deeper idea. And with this idea, we could also fathom, says Rav Schwab, that it wasn't even an insult to Moshe Rabbeinu. It was more of just a, an acknowledgement and a recognition of a different time in Jewish history, or in the history of the world. Let's see what he says. I'll give you a mashal, says Rav Schwab. An ashir says to an ani, I'm going to give you a thousand zuz. And the usher goes to the bank and puts it into the Ani's account. He puts the money into the Ani's account. We all understand that. The Ani is, 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 is happy. He's, he's besimcha. He just made got a thousand zuz. Unbelievable. Says of Schwab, did he see the money? Did it go into his hand? Does he have it? No. He's never seen him on. He just knows now that in the bank, in the computer, it says that he has a thousand zoos. But he's never seen the money before. And yet, he knows it's there. He can feel it. It's mamush. It's tangible to him, even though it's not tangible. Even though he didn't get the money yet, he still believes it. That was the level of emuna of the avos. Kemochein says the Rav Shwab Kshiftiach Hakadosh Baruch Hu LaHaAvos LaSeis LaHemes Eretz Kenaan when Hakadosh Baruch Hu promises to the Avos to give them Eretz Kenaan Haya BeEinehem Kilukvar Kiblu Eretz Yisrael it was as if they already got it the Avos's Emuna was so strong that when Hakadosh Baruch Hu promised something it was like it was in my bank account. We all know that. As long as I check, the, it, I know it's in my bank account. You say you're putting it in. I check it's in there. So I, I, it's, I got it. I have it. It's mine. Even though I didn't see the money yet, physically. But I know I could take it out. But that's, that's, I believe it and I feel it as if it, I already have it. 
Says Rav Schwab, that was the level of the Avos. It didn't happen yet, but it was in the bank. That's how they viewed the promises of HaKadosh Baruch Hashem says, this is what I'm giving you? It's in the bank account. And it'll come out when the time is right. I want to accrue interest for a little, for a, for a while. That's all they needed. That's what it means, shakai. I've done enough. All I have to do is make the promise. And that was my function. That was my relationship at the times of the Avos. Remember, the Avos were all about Misa Avos, Simul It was all about setting the groundwork, putting the roots in. It was all about what was going to be, what was going to, the Nevuas that were going to be. But it was all the Koach, it was all the stage one. That's the Shakai stage of Jewish history. Sha'amar la'olam dai. V'zeva e'erab akel Shakai shloshen dai. Sha'yadai lo'em ba'avtachas ha'kadosh baruch hu. The promise. They didn't need it. Right, even the, the past tense. Hakimosi. To the Avos, it already happened. That's Shakai. It's enough, just my Amira. And we find this a number of places by the Avos. The Gemara Baba Basra tells us that Akadosh Baruch Hu says, to, said to the Avos, Lizaracha etnana. Or in this week's parsha, but Asadi Otala Chem Morasha. Eretz Yisrael. Says to Avram Yaakov, Lizaracha etnana. Meaning, I, I've given it to you already. That's how they felt. The Gemara says, we own it. What do you mean we own it? When Avram Avinu went to bury Sarah, it wasn't so easy. He didn't own it. They didn't say, oh, here, please. They argued. They all had troubles. But they had the Kel Shakai attitude. They didn't complain. They didn't ask what's going on here because it was in the bank. And if it's in the bank, I'm not worried about it. It's there when I'm ready. When Akadosh Baruch Hu tells me it's time to, to withdraw. So then, then I'll take it out. They have that emunah. And even though it looks like I'm not going to get it, and it looks like it's not in the bank, but Akadosh Baruch Hu promised and it's there. That's what Akadosh Baruch Hu means. In the Rashi, Chaval al Avdin is not so much a a, an, a being upset, but it's noting that now is not that time period anymore. Now is the time to take out the money. It's no longer Shakai. It's no longer just promises. Now's the time for the fruition, for the promises to start coming true. They've been in the Eretz Lolahem for 400 years, 210 plus 190. But they've been there. Top of the left column. That level was lost because now it's not about believing what will be as if it's there, but it's actualizing what is happening. And that's why the shame Hashem changes. Hashem is taking care of things. He is the manhig in the world. He makes true all of his words. So Kodesh Baruch was acknowledging the difference in time period between Sefer Bracious and Sefer Vayikra. Between Shakai and between Yudke Vavke. Between, what he's about to say right now, V'zocher Chasdei Avos and Umevi Goel Livnei Vinehem. We say it in Shemona Asrei three times a day. Let's continue. Ve'inyanze line nine on the left side. Ve'inyanze matzino gambenu sachatfila. Ve'zocher chasdei avos. It's the chesed of the avos because he didn't give them really anything yet. Who maybe actually brings goel of nevenehem? Laman shemo because now that's the time of shemo of shame Hashem of Yudke Vavke says says uh, says Rav Shwab. And he continues and, and, and discusses, obviously, the first 2,000 years. V'chulu, v'chulu, he says, that's the pshat skipping down to where it's uh, underlined. 
Line 31. We believe it's there now. That's the phrase that means like the time period in the time of the Avos. And if we do that, HaKadosh Baruch will actually bring it, Laman Shemo, and it's going to switch to a time of, of Yudke Vavke, of actualizing the promises that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given us. Okay. Moving right along. So that was a thought about the transition of Sefer Bracious to Sefer Shmos, Shmos and Vaera. And now we'll get into something we've touched on in the past, but it is interesting to see how the different Rishonim view the Makos. How they view the Makos. And we'll start with the Pasik, one of the most famous questions on the Parsha in Parak Zion. Hashem says to Moshe, go you and Aaron to Paro, v'shilach has b'nei Yisrael me'artso. And as Paro, tell him and request from him to send you out. Pasik Gimel, va'ani akshe eslev Paro. I will harden Paro's heart. And I will make many, the Osos and the Movsim in Eretz Mitzrayim. Hardening Paro's heart. All Rishonim Pe'echad ask, what is the message of hardening Paro's heart? What does that mean about his Bechir Chavshis, about his free choice? And what does that mean about the Makos in general? What was the purpose of the Makos if Hashem hardened Paro's heart anyway? And if we look in the Rishonim, there are three different chilukim, three different ways that the Rishonim, at least three, the way that the Rishonim split up the makos. Some makos this and some makos that. We'll start with Rashi. We'll start with Rashi. Rashi tells us, V'ani akshet, pasagimel, me'achar shehershia v'hisris kenegdi. I'm going to harden his heart because... He, he's, a, he's a denier of me. He's a denier of everything I've done for him. I know he's not going to do tshuva, and he's already reached the level that he refused to do tshuva. Totally, she is kasha libo. So at this stage, I'm going to harden his heart. Seems like, as we'll see this idea in the Rambam in a few minutes as well, that Paro reached a level that Akadosh Baruch Hu said it's enough. You had your chance. This is part of the punishment. That you will not, you have the chance to do tshuva. Part of the punishment is that Akadosh Baruch Hu removes the natural ability to do tshuva because somebody reaches such a level. What is it for? The Makos? For us. But then Rashi adds, and this is what's crucial for us. Rashi notes that the hardening of Paro's heart by HaKadosh Baruch Hu is only after the first five. First five, he hardens, he hardens his own heart. Only after Rashi's distinction, first five, last five. First five, says Rashi, what was the purpose of the first five makos? To try to get Paro and the Mitzrayim to recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to do tshuva. The last five already, it was too late. The last five were for us. The last five, Paro was, this is part of Paro's punishment. And part of our recognizing the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So Rashi splits it down the middle. Five and five. If we look in the Rambam, Rambam doesn't have any distinctions. The Rambam says this idea in source number three, without any distinctions. V'yavshar, the Rambam talking about Shuva in general. It is possible. It is possible that a person sins such great sins. So that the din is given in front of Hashem. That the punishment is for all of the sins that he did. That his tshuva 
is withheld. Shuv is a way out. Part of the punishment. Somebody reaches such a level, throwing Jewish babies into the river. We can't fathom. So Paro reached this, this low level, this decadence. And therefore, this was the Onesh. Line 12, That's why it says, our Pasuk. Or similar Pasuk. First he did it himself. The Heirali Yisrael Agarim Barzo Shnei Rahavad is Chakmalo Last week's parsha, the first original final solution for the Jews. It was here in Mitzrayim. V'nasan Adin Lim Noami Menu Atshuva, and the Din was given in Shemayim. Paro, it's prevented. Ashen Efron Mimenu Lafichech Hakachizek Hakadosh Baruch Hu Es Liba. So the Rambam different than Rashi. Right? Rashi has five and five. The Rambam seems to say all ten. Well, then everything after, the beginning, beginning of last week's parasha, Havan is Chakmalo. Power already was, well, blew it then. He already reached such a level. And then we have the Svarno. The Svarno gives us a new insight. The Svarno is going to have a new distinction, a new chilek, and that is the Svarno is going to have nine and one. Not five and five, not ten and zero, or zero and ten. Nine and one. Let's read the Svarno. First source number four. The Svarno on our Pasik. Va'ani Akshah. The Svarno is going to tell us what does it mean hardening Paro's heart? Hine. Paro, the Svarno is going to say until after number nine. Never lost the ability, the Bechirachashis, to do tshuva. He had it through Makas Choshech. He could have come back. What does it mean then they hardened his heart? That's what we have to explain. desires and wants the tshuva of the wicked. He doesn't want to punish them. He doesn't want them to die. Ka'amro, as the Pasuk says in Yechezkel, Chai ani na'um Hashem, imech potz b'mos ha-rasha, ki im b'shuva rasha midarko v'chai. Hashem wants humans to do tshuva. Omar, so what does he do? Sheyarbe esososav esmofsav v'zelahashiv is hamitzrim b'tshuva. All the makas, first nine, are about getting the mitzrim to do tshuva. Bahodia lahem gadlova chasto by showing the greatness of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Baososu v'mofsim ka'amru as I said. Baverzos hamaditicha. Baverarosos kochi. You paro. He's alive to see Hashem's greatness. The But along with this, obviously for the Jews too. But it was also for the Mitzrayim. For sure it was for Am Yisrael, all the Makos. But it was also for the Egyptians. And then says the Sfarno, his Chiddush. How do I understand then? If you harden his heart, how could he do tshuva? What does that mean? Says the Sfarno, there are two types of repentance. We might call it Yira and, not Ava, but Yira and Hakara. Let's read. V'yein Safek. There is no doubt, line 13. Shelulei hachbadas halev. If Hashem wouldn't have leveled the playing field a little bit, wouldn't have weighed down the heart a little bit, Hayaparo mishalech as Yisrael believes Safek. Paro obviously would have sent the Jews out earlier. Without any hachpadas halev. But why would he have sent it out? Not because of tshuva. Lo tshuva Not because of any type of feeling of, of fealty or humility or repentance. No way! Oh, I, I shouldn't rebel so much against God. It wouldn't have been because of that. You know why he would have sent us out? He doesn't want any more tsaros. I've had enough, Marcos. I don't want to... I, 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 he recognizes that HaKadosh Baruch Hu could do it. But why would he send the Jews out? Not because he wants to. Not because he has any fear. Not because he has any true recognition. But there's a chance. There's a good chance that there'll be more sorrows for my family and for my, my, my nation. So I'll send them out. I don't need this headache. That's not the purpose. 
So HaKadosh Baruch Hu hardened Paro's heart so he wouldn't do that. But the possibility and the ability of Paro to be able to do real tshuva, that was always there. That was never taken away, says the Svarno, until the end. Ella, even through, but then he was punished for it. But the, through the first nine, he still had the chance. Ella, line 17. Al-Tzad Hayoto Bilti Yachol Lisbol Odes Saras HaMakos. You know why he would have sent them out, any normal person? Because of the Makos. Kamoshi Gido Avadav. Like the, the, his, his uh, servants told him, beginning of next week's parasha, Haterem Teidaki Avdam Mitzrayim, don't you know? Paro, stop it already! That wouldn't have been Shuva. And that was the purpose of the Makos. To try to get the Mitzrayim to do Shuva. This is totally different than the Rambam. What does the Sverno say? If Paro would have lowered himself and done Shuva Shlema, there was nothing preventing him from doing that. So that's what the pardoning Paro's heart means. It was only because of that to get that possibility away to leave open the possibility that they would actually they would actually do real tshuva. You read this Svarno, he doesn't finish the story. You got to go a few psukim later to finish his thought. And that is later on by the Makkah of Kinim. Makkah of Kinim, later on in the next parak in Pasik Yudbeis, Parak Tes, um, he continues, Hashkem Baboker, Komar Hashem, Lakev Shalaksamiv Yavduni, right, he's going to, uh, to bring Kinim, bring the lice, and there it, um, the Pasik says, I'll just read it from the Svar, you'll hit the, you'll hit the ground, and you will bring the, you will bring the next mock. I just want to find the uh, the pasik here. Pasik yud beis ches yud beis. Vayomar Shema Moshe Emar Larot Neteis Matchav Achazavar Aretz Vayilakinin B'Chol Eretz Mitzrayim and they do it. Says the Svarno Lo Hisra B'Faro Bazos. There was no hasra here. There was no warning here. Dam had hasra. Svardei had hasra. Every three makos there was no hasra. Right? Tzach the 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 ch Adash the shin. The last ones didn't have didn't have hasra. Says the Svarno, Lo hisra b'havara b'jos, lo b'shchin, below b'choshech. Three six nine didn't have hasra. Why? V'zeh ki teisha hamakos. Here's this chilek. Teisha hamakos shayu laosos ulemovsim. The first nine, which were for wonders, for osos. Hayu datzach adash ba'acha bilvad. Not the last one. Ki makas b'choros. That completes the Sverno's thought. The first nine Makos, Paro still had the chance. It was, it was, it was a semi-punishment, but the ichor of what was happening was to try to inspire them, to try to have them recognize until Makos Bacharus. That was an Onesh. That was the, the, um, the slave drivers were the firstborns, and therefore they were, they were punished. But we have three days now in the Rishonim. How to view the next two parshios? Are they all, Rambam says, they're all Onesh. Paro has lost his Bechira. That's Vanyakshah's slave Paro. That's it. Even for the Rambam, you might say, is there really, 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 totally no chance? Like the Gemara in, in Sanhedrin about Menashe. Menashe HaMelech who's sitting boiling in, in boiling hot water. And he says, he looks up at the heavens. And Yerushalmi describes in, Yerushal, in, the, in Sanhedrin. And he looks up and says, I learned, I learned when I was younger that, you know, when you have tsaris, you should call out to Hashem. I've tried every other Avodah in the world. I might as well try God. I might as well try Hashem. If he listens, great. If not, he'll do, he's just like all the other ones. That's Menashe's Shuva. And the Yerushalmi in Sanhedrin describes how the Malachim, Literally, Sotmu Chalonoseyem. The Malachim closed the windows of heaven to try to not let the tshuva of Menashe in. The imagery is unbelievable. And the, the Yerushalmi says that Baruch Hu dug a hole under the Kisiyah Kavid to accept Menashe's tshuva. So Menashe was on the level. Pashtus of Paro. So if you push the Rambam into the corner, yes, this was Onesh and it was removed. Was it 100% impossible? Maybe. Maybe, but he's got to work out that Yerushalmi. 
Number one, the Ramam says, though, the ten makos were all onesh. Onesh, and there was no more normal Bechira. Rashi, five and five. Svarno, nine and one. Three different days had to view all of these, all of these uh, makos. Okay. Moving right along. Torah tells us, Perak Zion, let's go now to the f- discussion about the first makos. Moshe Rabbeinu comes and says, I'm going to turn everything to blood. And Hashem says to Moshe, do it. So Moshe, Hashem says to Moshe to tell Aaron to hit the yam, akarasatov, vayasu kein Moshe v'yaron kashotziv Hashem, vayorim b'mata v'yachazamayim Hashem v'yaor, and it turns to blood. And all the fish die, and the, and the yaor stinks, and they can't drink water from the yaor, and there was dam b'chol eretz mitzrayim. What happens? Vayasu kein chachumayim b'shoyim b'latayim, vayachazak, Leif Parav Loshama Alem Kashadibir Hashem. And the heart is hardened. Right? Vayazak Leif Paro. Vayif and Paro. Paro turns. Vayavoel Beso. And he goes to his house. Veloshasli Bogam Lazos. And he did not focus his heart also on this. The question is, what do we have to know that he turned around and went to his house for? What, is that very important to the story? He turned around, he went to his house, and he didn't listen. Just say, he didn't listen. We have to know Vayifen, Vayavo Albeso. Why do we have to know Vayavo Albeso? Question one. What is the Pasik trying to teach? So a little detail. It just give us gives us a little insight into the the stubbornness of Paro. Stubbornness of Paro. Based on the thought, the Yam Simcha quotes about this Yo Solomon, who quotes the Targum Yonasan on this Pasik. Targum Yonasan. What does the Targum Yonasan say? Vayifen means to turn, but also there's another meaning. What is that? Vayifen could also be the, from the Russian of Nifne. Nifne in the Gemara means to go to the bathroom. Vayifen means he went to the bathroom. Vayifen paro, and then it says, Vaolabese, he went to his house. What do you mean? Paro never went to the bathroom in public. We learned that last week, right? Paro always goes to the Yaor. They want, he wants people to think that he's a god, that he never has to go to the bathroom the whole day. That's why he went very early, and Moshe caught him there. So what happens here? He was outside, he was busy, he was running around, it was the first Maka. It was blood, and everybody's screaming at him. Says the Targum Yonah, so you know what? He had an accident. Klomar, vayifen kiloshen nifne animsa b'dibre chazal. Pirushosha asit srachav. Pyro went early in the morning. Vialzehay matznia haemes. He wanted to pretend that he was a god. And what happened? He was out all day with the dealing with this maka, the first one. Everybody's going crazy. V'kivan shayim Moshe misvakechimo al tzada yarlus man rav. Moshe was talking to him and talking to him and threatening him. Upar haya mamtin lasos srachav. And what happened here? Everybody sees. Everybody realizes. He's just a human just like all of us. They see he's a liar. They see he's just another person. And that's the emphasis of the Pusik. Vayifen. He went to the bathroom. Then he goes into his house. And what's the next phrase? He stays stubborn. Even though he's just lost his stature in the eyes of his own nation. He doesn't care about the bizionos he just had. He doesn't care about it. His hatred for Am Yisrael is stronger than his feelings of embarrassment that he just had for himself. The stubbornness and the brazenness. And it wasn't only Paro. We mentioned this also a number of years ago. If we turn the page... Wasn't only power, one of the most amazing psukim in the entire story. Later on, after a couple of the makos, Paraktes, what happens? Barad is going to come. Barad is forewarned. It's going to come. And what happens? Says the Pasik. Hashem says to Moshe, go to Paro again and. Sorry, this is even before. 
Rabbi Yomer, this is by uh, by our, by uh, the other makas. I'm going to send my makos. By the by the by the warning of Barad. I'm going to send terrible hail. There's never been hail like this. Hail balls with fire inside and ice on the outside. Moshe tells the Mitzrayim, and they hear about it. Bring your animals inside. Bring everything outside. It's not going to not going to exist. They're all going to die. Everything outside is going to die. What does the next Pasuk say? Those who feared God by this stage, they brought him inside. And those who didn't, left him outside. The same exact Lashon used after Maka number one by Paro, we just gave a, a deeper interpretation of that, and here, those who didn't listen by Barat, there's been a number of Makos already. There's been six Makos already. Says Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, quoted by Rabbi Yerucham, in source number seven. It's pretty amazing. This is, this is very, very experienced, strong, Akshanus, Kshayoref, not taking in your animals. There were some Mitzrayim that were called Ayarius of our Hashem. They learned. But says Rabbi Yisrael, let's think about this for a minute. Let's think about this. We might have mentioned this in past years. Line 9. Let's say I'm a, I have a cup of water. I'm very thirsty. I'm about to drink the cup of water. And everybody's telling me, ah, that water is delicious. It's tasty. It's from a great uh, a spring. Unbelievable. Let's say there's one, there's a hundred people in the room, and one of them comes over to me and says, even if he is somewhat off, he's one of these guys that we know is a little off. We always take what he says with a grain of salt. Right? There are some people like that. And he says, there's poison in the water. Don't drink it. Maybe he even says it with a little uh, look in his eyes, that maybe he's Pulling a fast one. Even if he's totally a crazy. You can have a thousand people telling you it's fine. One half crazy person, you're not going to drink it. It's a point oh 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 two percent I'm not drinking it. I'm not drinking the water. I'm not taking my chances. Poison? It's okay. I'll be thirsty. Even though logic says drink the water. Logic says just drink it. Somebody says there's poison. I saw I saw a snake come by. They promise him. There's a little, little bit of a chash. Not interested. Or maybe the Emmas is with this crazy man. Says Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, Umasik Zatzal, Vim Kane, Echolechua Adam Ba'olamo Bariu Batach, Velomafachet, he says, he says, the Mitzrayim, they didn't think there was even a chance that Bariu was going to happen. They already had six Makos. Some of them were pretty serious, right? They weren't pleasant. All you have to do, and that's what, don't bring it to the Shabbos table, but review the picture Haggadahs with all those great pictures about the Makos, and we realize they were pretty, pretty terrible for the Mitzrayim. You know, Sfardea was disgusting. They can't walk, and, the, and frogs jumping into your mouth and your food. Kinem, Arov, Dever, Shchin. You think you ever have an itch? I mean, you can't fathom. And Barad. So says if we saw Salanter, there were those that took their animals in, but there were others that said, nah, not going to happen. Not even a chance. Not even a little bit of maybe, you know, just to be safe. They didn't even think just to be safe. They left the animals outside. 
Lo libo. They didn't think about it. Like Para. Everybody realized he wasn't a god anymore. Lo libo gam lazos. But says of Israel Salanter, it's not just the Mitzrayim. We should just relate it to our own lives. Line four, line 16. V'im kein. How does a person go in this world carefree? And we don't think we're not, we don't think about our what's going to be in the future. Maybe is there a one percent chance that there's something called din v'cheshbon? Maybe that Gemara and Shabbos with the six questions is there a little bit of a, of a percentage? That it's, it's true? Or lo shas libo? Not even a chance. Hafilu im lo burum lechadvarim me'achuz. Even if it's not 100%, 50%, 30%, 10%, 10%, and still, even a 1% would affect our behavior. That's Rav Yeruchim, and that's what we learned from the Mitzrayim. All of these, and especially according to the Svarno, like we said, they were all to try to get the Mitzrayim to believe to recognize. And yet, they were too stubborn and they didn't do it. Okay. So we learn from the Gablus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in these parshios, and we learn from the stubbornness of the Mitzrayim in these parshios. Parak Tess now, moving a little further. After Barad, what happens? Hail comes down. Vayishlach Paro, and finally... Maybe Paro is moving a little bit. The first time he says the following: I'm wrong. At least for now, he says that. This is Dafka, interestingly, right after the Makkah, where the Torah described they didn't have any Habamina. Barat somehow changes it. There's something unique about Barad. Okay, not for now. Says the, I mean, the Torah earlier called Barad in the language of Anisholeach es kol magevosai. Unless that's a reference Rashi says to later on to Makas Pachoros. But it's said in the context of Barad. But Paro says, I'm wrong, you're right. Hatira Hashem, please stop it, just get rid. Veravios kolos alokim ubarad. Vashalcheschem, I'll send you out. Velo tosif alamot. I'll send you. Moshe says, okay, when I leave the city, I will spread out my arms. The kolos will stop. There won't be any more barad. So that you know. So we know the Rashi. Why does Moshe say, why Dafka couldn't he daven right then? He says, I'm going out of the city to Davin. So Rashi quotes, because the city was full of Avodah And Moshe didn't want to Davin in a city full of Avodah Zara. That's Rashi. The city was full of Avodah Zara. Says Rav Pincus, source number eight. The Pashtus is that this is about Nothing wrong. Moshe didn't do anything wrong here. He didn't want to dive in a, in a, in a place of Avodah Zarah. But he Pinkus quotes that he once heard another pshat. Once heard another pshat. That there was a slight, what the one with the messages for us, a slight. On Moshe's level, there was a little bit of a tevia here. What's the problem? We learned by Machas Bechoros, the Avarti Be'eret Mitzrayim. Hashem describes that he went through Egypt. Ezra Pincus, one minute, line seven. How could Baruch Hu went into Egypt? How could he go into Egypt? It's full of Avodah Gilulim. It's disgusting. HaKadosh Baruch Hu goes into Egypt? How did he go in? Why wasn't he worried that there would be some type of hashpa or, or disgustingness? What's the answer? HaKadosh Baruch Hu is so qualitatively different. It's, it's nothing to talk about. What, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to be a... Obviously, it's, it's, we're just putting it into, into words. But look what he says, line 8. There's no Havamina that HaKadosh Baruch Hu 
is going to be affected. He's not affected by anything. It's one of the animamans. But at least the message for us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu goes through Mitzrayim because it's, they're different worlds. And when you're in a different world, you're not mushpa. And we'll get to a great marshal in a minute. Imkain. That's the little bit of Tevia. Moshe, why do you have to go out to David? If you're totally not connected, if you're totally in your own world, so then, Davenir. Davenel. Madua Moshe, I mean, who's wrong? What says us out here? Eloia ko meruha, kumeruma mayhem, he moha yuchom la friolo. Lohaisalam shum shaychus they love. There's no shaychus to him. It wasn't a place of, let's say, a bathroom, right? Which there's halachis inappropriate to, to, to say Dvarm Shevik Dusha. It was just a city of Avodazara. There was Avodazara all over the place. So why would Moshe have been affected? That was a little bit of Tfiya. But says Rav Pincus, the message for us is, obviously, we always have to make sure that we have the proper environment and the proper Sviva. But we're also involved in the world. And we need to be involved in the world. And we all have to go to work. And we all have to be involved in everything. In the world around us. And what we have to do is to strengthen ourselves enough that our value system is so different that we're not mushpa. We're kaviyocho like HaKadosh Baruch going through Mitzrayim. And he gives a mashal. The top of the next page. Hatshuva al-kachi. Hashpas asviva al-adam titzachein. The environment around me can only affect me if I have some type of kesher to that environment. Rak kesher madavar. says Repinkas. I'll give you a mashal. Let's say there is a farmer. Adam, or not a farmer, a, a lul, a chicken owner. Adam sheishlo lul tarnagolim. He takes care of the lul. Yom yom shows al shows. He spends hours and hours in the chicken coop. Hours and hours. Afal pikein, who me'olam lo hushba mehem Does this guy, who spends hours and hours in the world, come, become a little chickenish? Is he affected at all by the chickens? Okay, he might smell and need a shower. But is he affected? He spends his whole day with the chickens. I mean, oh, the, the environment that he's in. Of course not. Why? Because he has no shaykhus to the chickens. He has no kasher. He's a person, and they're chickens. So there's no danger of him being influenced by the chickens. You know, we smile when we hear that, but Cesar Pincus, that's the message. The message is that if we are so strong in our emuna, in our avoda, in our commitment to Torah and mitzvos, and we strengthen ourselves, then obviously we have to make sure we're in the best environment possible. But even where, when we're in certain environments which aren't the greatest environments for a Ben or a Bas Torah, still, we'll be like, we'll be like we're, we're in a different world. We realize that we're so different. It's like a person and the chickens. Obviously, everybody has to tell but in terms of the mashal, that's our goal, to be able to have that difference. And then he just adds and says, so how do we do it? What's the secret? What's the secret of being connected and different? Says Rapinkus, again, there are various answers and various messages, but one of the main ones is our connection to Torah. Because Torah, more than anything else in the world, is different than anything else in the world. There's nothing like the values and the concepts. Torah is the Ratzon of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that we know of. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, how do we get to know HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Well, if somebody gives me a thousand things that they appreciate and they like, and I study that, I get to know them a little bit. The Torah is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu appreciates. It's his Ratzon. So if we focus on that and we mold ourselves to be an Eved Hashem, following every dictate of the Torah that we can, so Mamela will be different and unique even in the most difficult of environments. Line 34. 
He is explaining why many are influenced today. Because they don't have that deep connection to the Torah and the Talmud Torah and commitment. The Torah is just like Hashem could go through Mitzrayim and not be affected, so to the Torah could go through the world and not be affected. The Torah, where we say it in Animamins, it's never changed since it was given to Moshe Rabbeinu and passed down. First mission in Pirkei Avos. So the more we connect to the Torah, Imkain line 37, if we're surrounded by Tuma, there's so much Tuma in the world. The way that we can protect ourselves and make us different is our fealty and focusing more on the Torah. That's the, that's the wall that we could build to live our lives focusing and listening and studying the words of the higher authority. So that's what we learn going outside the city. Again, a little bit Moshe Rabbeinu. Obviously, we're not judging, but at least this pshat, what we can learn from it is the idea of being unique and different. Okay, one final thought on the parsha, and then we'll uh, end off with a thought on the time period of the year that we are in. One final thought on the parsha. Towards the end of the parsha, what happens here? We just said Moshe said he's going to go Davin and stop the Barad. So by Maftir, Vayetze Moshe miim Paro es Ha'ir, Moshe goes out. Vayifros Kapav el Hashem, he opens up his hands. Vayachtelu Akolof Ha'Barad Umata Lonitach Arsa. The Kolos and the Barad stop, and the rain does not reach the ground. Lo Nitach Arsa. What does that mean? Lo Nitach Arsa. Rashi Lo Higia. Viap Osan Shayu Ba'Avir Lo Higiu LaAretz. Even the barad balls that were in the air, they didn't go to the ground. Moshe said, stop, stopped, period. Even the hail balls that were in the air. That's pretty amazing. It stopped in midair. That's all Rashi says. Chazal tell us, Rabbeinu Bachai quotes it, source 11. They didn't stay there forever though. They came down a couple of years later. Right? How many years later? About... Right? About 50 years later. Not too long, right? We have now, from this moment in time, Yetzirah Mitzrayim, 40 years till they go into Eretz Yisrael, 40 plus years, depending on when this was, 41 years. Then, when they get into Eretz Yisrael and they are fighting with the kings, Yoshua ben Nun, Shemesh begivon Dom, Yarech Vemakayalon, and the Avnei Algebish, the Avanim, that came down there when Yoshua's fight, the hail balls came down again. Says, say Chazal, they were in mid-air until Yehoshua set them free. It was hanging in mid-air. Forty-one years to be exact. Ad zman Yehoshua until Yehoshua ben Nun. After he came in, as the Pasuk in, in Yoshua describes, that Hashem threw down on them large stones from heaven. So, an amazing Chazal. Okay. But says the Shem and Hatov. If we look at the Pesukim closely, there seems to be a little switch of the order. Moshe says to Paro, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go outside. Moshe says... Hatiro Hashem, right? Uh, Paro says, please daven for me, stop the kolos and stop the barad. That's what he says. And Moshe goes outside and he davins that the kolos and the barad should stop. And that's what they do. And that's what happens. And then, right? But then we get the Pasuk Lamed Dalet. After it was removed, obviously we know the story, Parah goes back to his wicked ways. Why ask the Shem in the third rendition of what happened, the order is switched between the thunder and the lightning stopping and the hail stopping. Moshe says, Moshe Davins, that the thunder should stop and the Barah should stop. And the Torah says, the thunder stopped 
and the Barad stopped. And then it says, and Paro recognized that the Barad stopped and the thunder stopped and he changed his mind. Why in the final, when Paro recognizes that it stopped, it's flipped. Thunder is said after the Barad and not before. Says the Shemana Tov in source number 12 on line 12. Vahanira Bazehu. Says the Shemana Tov, why is there thunder in the world? Okay, we all could explain it scientifically, but the Gemara tells us in Brachas, what is the purpose of thunder? And we can even think about this. The next time we say, Why is there thunder in the world? Says the Gemara, to straighten out our hearts. Says the Gemara on line 13, says the Shemanatov, Lo nivru ra'amim elo lifshot akmumis shebelev. When we hear thunder, we're supposed to think about the gvura of HaKadosh Baruch It's pretty, sometimes it's pretty scary. Sometimes it's, not, sometimes it's not hard to think about that. But that's the purpose. The purpose of the thunder, of the sounds, is to straighten our hearts. Koltachlis akolos, all the kolos, all the sounds in a storm, is to straighten our hearts. If that's the case, says the Shemanato, maybe we understand the flip. The MS, what happened? The thunder and the lightning stopped first, the thunder, let's say, and then the barad. It's the, the storm part of it stopped, and then the barad stopped. But the messages of the thunder stays with a person, and is supposed to stay with a person. Even after the rain stops, the kolos are still there, the messages are still there. And for Paro, the kolos were there even after the barad stopped, but he didn't listen to it. And he didn't internalize it. And he went back to his evil ways. Even though he had the opportunity, he had the chance. Like we said before, maybe this is all part of the possibility of his doing shuva. But it says, no, no, no. The barad stopped, and even the kolo stopped. And even the messages of the thunder stopped. And he kept, he kept his heart in an akum way. He didn't, he didn't focus on the liyasher akmum yishebelev. What happened? Right after it stopped, he went back to his evil ways. But that's the message of the flip of the order because the kolosh is supposed to stay for us also as long as possible. Okay, one final thought this week is Shabbos Mavarchim, Rosh Chodesh Shvat. So I thought I'd share something with you on Rosh Chodesh and the month of Shvat. Somewhat a little more, something that a little off the beaten path. If you look in the Argadalia, or Gedalia Shore quotes that we know, well, first it's, not, first it's on the beaten path, and then we'll get off the beaten path. We know the Torah tells us in Hilchas Rosh Chodesh that every one, each one of the Chagim is connected one of the Avos. Avram Yisrael and Yaakov, Pesach Shavuot The 12 Rashi Chadashim, the 12 uh, new months, are connected the 12 Shvatim. The Torah does not go, though, into which month is connected with Shevet, like he does the Avos and which Chag. That we have to figure out on our own. So there are different suggestions uh, given. But besides that, if you look, says the Argadalia, besides the Shvatim, line 6, he continues, the Sharm of Rosh Chodesh, um, are, are, uh, have their own unique uh, character. Um, skip down, Yadua. We'll get back to the Shvatim a little bit later. But that's point number one. Which month, which Shevet is Shvat connected to? Question one, we'll get back to that. Question two, Yadua, line 18. I gave you part of it. Feel free to look in the Argadaya on Sefer Shmos to, uh, for the rest. We know HaKadosh Baruch Hu on a Kabbalistic level looked into the Torah and created the world. What does that mean? The letters of the Torah form the basis of the world. And there are certain letters that are connected to every part of creation, because the world came from the Torah. And he quotes from Sefer Hayatzira, not normally one of our svarim that we quote from, Sefer Asira, which we don't know, it's a very short, little, a couple of page ma'amar. Um, there are many, many Kabbalistic uh, explanations given to it, 
We're not going to go too deeply uh, tonight. We're going to get to a nigla view. Sefer Yetzirah, which is Miyuchas Ta'avram Avinu, has one line or a letter connected to every month. And you see that in the title. The phrase is, Himlich Os Tzadi Bil'ita. Hashem was Mamlich. He crowned the letter Tzadi Bil'ita, whatever that means. So what does that mean? What's the message for us? Chodesh Shvat. So let's figure out what Le'ita means, and then we'll figure out what the message of Tzadi on the Le'ita is. So we have Le'ita in the Torah. We know Le'ita. Someone none other than Esav HaRasha tells us about Le'ita. Esav HaRasha comes back from the forest. He's been busy with Shvichas Domim, and he says... Pour me some of the red stuff. What does le'ita mean? Explains Rav Gadal Yashor. Why do we eat? Why do we eat? There are two reasons why we might eat. We might say we might eat because we love to eat. And we love the food. And we eat to enjoy it. And that's ultimately what eating is about. The arevus hama'achal. That's a le'ita. That's a full le'ita that the focus of my eating is just to fill my, fill my body and that's where it ends. That's le'ita. But there's another less extreme form of eating, even if we're not on the total highest level of I'm eating with shame to serve a Kodesh Baruch Hu. And he quotes this from the Chobat Salavavos on line 19. The fact that we have a desire to eat and enjoy our food, that's not all negative. Hashem could have created the world with food tasting like aspirin. Imagine all food being tasteless. And you have to force yourself to eat three times a day. Hashem could have created the world like that. And yet he didn't. He created the world. He created taste buds on our tongue. He created food with taste and spices. Why does Hashem create spices? Because he wants us to enjoy our food. Not as an ends. But he realizes if everything wouldn't taste good, nothing would ever be tasteless, then we wouldn't want to eat. We'd have to force ourselves, and that's also not something that he wants. So says the Rabbi Shor, bottom right, Ach Afal Pikain, Ho'avoda Shemutalala Adam, our job is, Sha'af Shetzoyach Lechalokim Ha'olam, we have to eat. Sha'ach Hilaso Bofan Kazer. But we eat in the proper way, not focusing only on the food, but focusing on using the food to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to have a proper type of eating. Le'ita, then, is purely a gashmi eating, purely focused on, like an Esau type of eating. Give me the red stuff, he says. Himlich ostzadi, bimamlich, crown the lettered Sadi. What is Sadi? Sadi is Sadik. The Gemara Shabbos says every letter of the Aleph base stands for something. Sadi stands for righteousness. That's Sadik. We have to be Mamlich Tzidkus on our eating. Himlich Ostzadi Bileita, Leita. Not only eating, but all of our physical activities. We have to give it a spiritual element. We have to be mamlich on it. We have to crown it with something special, with something unique. Tzadi. We have to make it not just physical. Line 32 in the second column now. Vimakoach shel le'ita she'yesh ba'olam. With the koach of le'ita, Hashem created physical desire for food. But nivra ha'os tzadi. But Hashem gives us the power of tzadi, of tzadik, of being righteous to control our taiva. And he even adds, maybe, answering our first question, quoting the Sfas Emes, Shvat is keneged Yosef. Yosef was one of the ones, as he matured in life, that had all of his physical, he could have had physical pleasure as an ends, but he refuses. And he overcomes the taiva. And he says, no, I'm not going to have a le'ita type of life. I'm going to control myself. I'm going to be mamlich, the tzadi, on le'ita. 
And that's the message of the Sefer HaYetzirah for Chodesh Shvat. We have to take all of our physical activities and be involved in them. That's what life's about. But be mamlich litzadi, right? This speaks also with what we said earlier about connecting ourselves to Torah and there will be something different than everything around us. To be involved, be connected. Why dafka is this shvat? Right? As the springtime comes, as tu bishvat, he doesn't get into that. That's homework. But this is the message that we have from Chodesh Shvat and from Parshas Va'era. Okay, we'll stop here. Next week, Parshia could be Tuesday. I have a wedding on Wednesday night, but uh, by the Shem, we'll uh, work it out. We'll send out the email what night this year will, will be. Okay, we'll stop here.